correct something I said. <laughs> Youth group is on Thursday night, not on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, so in case you were confused by that. All right, take your Bible if you brought it. If you didn't, there's one under the seat where you're sitting. Turn to Matthew chapter 5, or page 969 in the Bible that's under you there. So I want you to, some of you, you're going to have to go way back. Some of you won't have to go back very far. Go back to your playground in grade school. Okay, are you there? You see a merry-go-round, you see a slide, you see parallel bars, you see a tetherball pole. Did I say slide? Yep. Merry-go-round. What's missing? Well, maybe several things you had on your playground. I didn't have, but teeter-totter. So now you're in your playground, where I'm going back to now is not my playground, but we used to live over by Meadowlark School. I love to hear all the kids during recess in the neighborhood. It was so great. So you're on the teeter-totter, and you go up, and you go down, you go up, and you go down, you go up, and then the person on the other end steps off, and you go down. <laughs> Ever happened to you? Didn't me. So later, that person who jumped off the other end and jarred your teeth, broke your spine, they come to you and say, let's teeter-totter again. What are you going to say? No, thank you. Why? I don't trust you. I don't trust you. So how important is trust? Ever have anybody pull a chair out from under you when you sat down? Trust. How many of you, um, I'm sure there's probably one here, so I'll get in trouble. How many of you cr trust car salesmen? I don't see any hands up. Okay, there's one, there's two, okay. I'm sure there are lots of trustworthy car salesmen, but when you go buy a car, you probably don't enjoy the experience very much. Why? Because you don't trust the deal that you're going to get. Can I trust what they're saying? I went to buy a car a number of years ago. Bought a, a car, and uh, this woman waited on Ginger and I. We were together, and we we looked over the cars, chose the one we want. We negotiated a price with her for I don't know. I suppose it took twenty or thirty minutes. We negotiated a price, and she took us into the office to sign the papers. And as you probably know, the salesman usually can't sign for the deal. They have to bring in a manager to f sign off on it eventually. So this guy came in, and he sat down, and he's filling out the papers, and he said, boy, you really got a good deal on this car. I lost money on this deal. You know what I said? I'd like another $500 off. And he did it. Now he really lost a lot of money on that deal. Really irritated me. I hesitated for a while to say anything because I, I wanted to say something to him. I did to the, to the lady later. 
I said to her, I said, please talk to your manager and tell him not to patronize people. We know he's not in business to lose money. He's not losing money. We want to be able to trust you and trust him. So are you a trustworthy person? You, can you be relied upon to be honest and truthful? I think most of us would probably say yes, but I'm going to use lots of examples this morning to probe into various areas of our life, not to condemn anybody, make anybody feel bad, but just to show you how important trust is. So Matthew chapter 5 is the fifth time in this chapter that Jesus said, you have heard, and he tells what you've heard, what you've been taught, and then he says, but I tell you, and it raises it up to a new standard. So Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 33. This is Jesus talking. Again, you heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths or the promises you have made to the Lord. Now, why would he say that? Verse 34, but I tell you, do not swear at all. It doesn't mean don't cuss. It means don't, like I swear on the Bible, don't make a promise based on an oath. Don't swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. And here's a phrase that's familiar to all of us. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Now, why would he say anything beyond this is from the evil one? So let me give you an example of why. They had this whole system built into place in their religion, interestingly enough. They had this system built into place. So when they made an oath, it was like holding your fingers behind your back, holding your hand behind your back with your fingers crossed. Did you ever do that? I didn't really mean it. So I'll give you a couple of examples that aren't in the text that they did. One was if you swear by the temple then you can probably weasel your way out. It's kind of like holding your hand behind your back. But if you swear by the gold in the temple, you can't get out of it. If you swear by the altar, then you've got your fingers crossed behind your back. But if you swear by something that's on the altar, then you can count on that being said. Now, what a crazy, crazy thing. But the point is, Jesus is saying, be trustworthy. People need to know that you'll do what you say you do. Be honest. Be a person that's worthy of trust. So let me give you some examples. How about campaign promises? How many of you believe campaign promises? I don't see any hands up. Why? Because we know when those things are said. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that all politicians are crooked. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is they promise something that they can't fulfill. So you don't trust what is being said. And some actually do say things that they don't mean because they just want to get a vote based on something that they, that they said. How about uh, hearings? I am so sick of politics right now. Now, I'm old. I've been around a long time, and it's always, it's always an irritation but, gosh, you, you turn to one station and they say something, and you sit there and you go, you're telling the truth. 
and then you turn it to another station with a different perspective. I know you're not telling the truth. Why? We can't trust them. And it, and it builds something into our society that is it's craziness. It costs a lot of money. There's fear because people can't be trusted. How about treaties? You know, Ginger and I went over to the Nez Perce battleground on the other side of Wisdom last summer, and we were reminded again of how often the, the, the federal government would make a promise to Native Americans, and then they'd break the treaty. We're going to give you this land, Black Hills, for example. We're going to give you the Black Hills, which were very sacred to Native Americans, but then they found gold. Now we're going to take that away, and we'll put you over here where there isn't any gold. So you do that a few times, what happens? We don't believe the great white father anymore. We can't trust what you say. How much money could be saved? How much time is wasted? Because we can't trust people. Now, I'm not saying that no one can be trusted. In fact, I think most people can be trusted most of the time. But there's a lack of trust often enough that when it's lost, it's hard to regain. I think most of us begin from a position of trust. When I came here and I stood up and talked, you probably didn't, you probably didn't sit there. I wonder if I can believe what he says. But if I told untruths and lost your trust, oh, it's so hard to gain that back again. Government agencies... The CIA. I wonder how much smaller the CIA could be if everyone could be trusted. I wonder how, how much smaller the IRS could be if everybody could be trusted. But people think nothing. A lot of people think nothing about, well, I'll do this with my taxes, you know. I'll squeak by this one. And then they have to build more regulations. Hire more people to protect. It happens in all kinds of areas in our life. When you go to the gas station, you probably haven't noticed, but there's a sticker on that gas pump someplace. And there's a state agency that we have to pay for that goes around and makes sure that those are honest measurements. You go in the grocery store, on the scales in the grocery store. There's an agency that goes around and they check and make sure that that scale is accurate. Why? Because we don't think we can trust people. You get in an elevator, there's this sign in there. Somebody, some agency has to be created to go and check all the elevators. Why? Because people can't be trusted. The implications of a lack of trust show up in just about every area of our society. How about robocalls? Oh, gosh. I don't know how many robocalls I get a week, but at least once a week I get a robocall and I'll look, and it'll be somebody who leaves a message, and they say, you need to call this number immediately because your Social Security is just about to be stopped or lowered or whatever. Praying on, praying on old people like me. Shame on them. Uh, internet. Can you trust the Internet? I had this thing come up a few weeks ago, and this website would come up about every tenth time that I got on the, on the internet, it would come up and it would have a picture, a Microsoft logo. And it, said, and it would say on there, 
your computer's been locked up, you need to call this number. Well, when I saw that come up the first time, I thought, no way. I am not calling that number for any reason. So I just turned off my computer, started it, which it told you not to do, started it up again, and it was fine. But it kept doing that, kept doing that. Finally, I found out they had gotten on my webpage some way, and I found that little logo, and I, and I deleted it, and it hasn't done it since. Any way possible to make money and it creates this sense of lack of trust in our culture. It used to be that when someone lost a wallet, you'd pick up that wallet, you'd look in there and find their address, and you'd look them up and give it back to them. Now it makes national news if somebody does that. So lack of trust. I'm saying this very intentionally. A few weeks ago, I offered a street person a ride. I was, they were outside on the bench in the front, and I said, I said, how you doing? They said, I, I need a ride to so-and-such place. And so I said, okay, hop in my truck. And when I got in my truck, I remembered that I had forgotten to sign something for Linda. And as I was getting in my truck, I thought, uh-oh. So I hurried in, signed it real quick, hurried back out, when I got to where I was going, the person got out. I looked down and my I have this tray with parking meter money in it. There was probably five bucks worth of quarters in there. They're all gone. See, a lack of trustworthiness shows up in all kinds of ways in our life. So notice the blank. Let your yes be yes. Don't play a game about well, I really didn't mean it, or I can fudge a little bit and nobody will notice. Be trustworthy. So I want to give you, I'm giving lots of examples this morning because this applies to so many areas in our life. The first one is, can I be trusted in my home? So what is the foundational trust in a home? Marriage. So I've done, gosh, I don't know how many weddings, hundreds of weddings. And I like to do weddings. I, I used to like to do them a lot better than I do now, and here's why. Because when you do a wedding, I mean, you know what it's like. You, you can picture a wedding in your mind, and it's romantic. It's so sweet. The bride and the groom, and he's standing beside me, and she steps out into the aisle, and the music starts, and everybody stands up, and it's so sweet when she's walking down the aisle. And... I don't know, it doesn't happen at the same point in every wedding, but I start wondering. Now, if you're divorced, we talked about this last week, I'm not climbing on anybody's case, so this is not condemnation. I was giving an example of the truth of what happens. So I go through this little homily for about five minutes, and then I tell them to you hand your flowers to her and face each other and join hands, look each other in the eyes. They don't mind that. And then you go through these promises. Promise to love you forever, sickness and health. All the promises, I'll always be faithful to you. And then they pledge before God and before all the people that are present. So now think, think for a minute about how solemn that is. I'm making a promise before all of my friends and family members. I'm making a promise before God that I will be faithful to you forever. 
I've been around a long time, and I've cleaned up a lot of messes. You know, you know what I, you know what I feel like doing now. I'll give you a lie detector test. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cute at a wedding? Here, let's get let's get this taken care of. I'm gonna hunt you down if you don't mean this. But I mean, isn't that foundational? We make a promise, and that promise is more serious than most promises that we make. I mean, the the uh, the obvious commitment is higher than many promises that we make because we intentionally say it's before God and these people. But what it means now is maybe. Maybe. I'll be faithful to you as long as I still like you as much as I do right now. But if things get tough, maybe I'll leave. You get the point. Ginger and I went over to someone's house. She called us and she was very concerned about her husband. She thought her husband was cheating on her. And so we went and sat at her dining room table. We were there for a long time. And I didn't know, you know, I don't automatically believe it when somebody tells me something, but she went through this list of things that were happening. He was meeting this woman away from the house to go for bicycle rides and to go for hikes. Oftentimes, she'd be looking for him around the house, and he was over at the next door neighbor's house with this woman. And they weren't doing anything, but he was always over there. So we asked her tons of questions, you know, to try and, well, are you just jealous, or is there something really going on here? And the longer she talked, you thought, well, gosh, I'd be jealous, but I have good reason to. And then she brought out the phone records. That was the corker. And in one month, there were dozens of phone calls from his cell phone to this neighbor's cell phone. Of course she was jealous. Anytime a man leaves a woman particularly, I always assume that he's having an affair. I said, well, Pastor, how horrible of you. How could you assume that? Because of my experience what my experience shows me. Can we be trusted? How about parents? When you, when you make a promise to your kids, do you keep that promise? See, if a child hears often enough, I promise, and then you say, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry but I can't do that. If you do that often enough, they're, you're going to lose their trust. How many times have you heard a teenager say, or you know, a child say, why can't you trust me? I want to say, duh. <laughs> because you've, I, you've lost my trust. See, again, trust is usually given automatically. We think that much about people, and trust happens often enough that we can assume that you can be trusted. But if it's lost, oh gosh. It's so hard to get trust back. Can I be trusted at work? I worked in a grocery store when I was in my late teens and early 20s where the grocery store manager would leave for dinner at 6 o'clock every night. No, excuse me, at 5 o'clock every night. When he'd walk out the door, half of the employees would gather in the back room and smoke and stand around and talk for an hour. When it was about time for him to come back, then they'd go back to work. Wonder why he didn't trust us. 
I worked on a heavy construction project, a dam, when I was in my early 20s, and it was assumed. I saw this happen over and over again. Anything that somebody could carry in a lunch bucket or conceal on them, they would take home. Imagine how much money it cost that construction company with hundreds of employees. When I managed a grocery store, I, I started at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'd work till 6 o'clock at night. I had an assistant manager, and he was responsible after I left. And uh, I found out after I went home that high school kids, I had a lot of high school kids working for me. Most of them were great. They were, they were honest. But some of them were taking cases of beer, putting, putting them in the garbage box, covering it up with garbage, taking it out to the garbage can. Then after the store closed, they'd go out and get the beer. can't be trusted. Imagine how much money that costs a year. Not only is it important that employees be trusted, but how about employers? I had a boss one time that uh, I was in my early 20s. I think I was 23 when this happened. Uh, he thought the assistant manager of the store was stealing money. He went through this long investigation and it came down to him. So he fired him. And he made me the assistant manager. And that next week, they found out it wasn't the assistant manager that was dealing with somebody else. So, of course, he hired him back, and he should have. And he made more promises to me about, well, you're, I'm going to have you doing this and this and this. You're going to be the third man. You're going to do this and this and this and this and this. Never heard one more word about it again. He didn't fulfill his promise to me. Could have said something if he changed his mind for one reason or another, but he, he never said anything. Can I be trusted at church? That seems like a crazy thing, doesn't it? Uh, what if, what if you had to sit there every week, Rick, and you're taking notes and you think, I don't know if I can believe him or not. Wouldn't be here very long, would you? Can you trust what I say? Can you trust, can I trust what you say, what you tell me? How important is that? That's the foundation of relationships. We have a system put in place, which we had every place that I've been a pastor, where from the time the money is put in the bag until the money is put in the bank, Nobody's left of the money alone. And it's not that we're, you know, having our, our eye on somebody because we don't trust them, but why do we have to do that? Because people can't always be trusted. We have to guard, we have to protect, and it gets very complicated. I knew a pastor who bought clothes out of his expense account and was hiding it. Do you think somebody would hand me a check for a million dollars if they didn't trust me? I don't think so. I've had it happen several times. I had a congregant at Faith Chapel. He's a businessman. And uh, when we were building a new building, it was the total project was $23 million. That's a lot of money. And the project was over a year long. And uh, when we were deciding what contractor to hire, 
what they said in the meeting, the church council meeting was, he and the architect both said, we will be on time and we will be under budget. That's why we hired him. His name is Jones. It's Jones Construction Company. And the reason I'm telling you that is because he was early and he was under budget. So anybody, you build a big building, who would you recommend? I tell him. Because he's trustworthy. He's worthy of trust. It's important in every area of our life. Can you be trusted as a volunteer? That's a sensitive topic. If you ask any staff member in a church in America, they love volunteers, they treat them as well as they can, learning how to do that better all the time, but there'll almost always be a caveat that, well, if, if you're paying them, the level goes up. But if they're volunteers, you can't always trust them. Gosh, in a church? <laughs> I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. That's foundational to relationships, isn't it? Gosh, I'm getting personal, aren't I? Are you faithful to your commitments? Can you be trusted can I be trusted to keep my commitments? Ginger and I have some friends, and we know that if they say that they're going to be at our house for dinner at 6 o'clock, they'll be there by 6.30. Now, we kind of laugh at that, and yet, if you're somebody who's habitually late for appointments, it shows disrespect to the other person. You're putting yourself before that other person. They can't count on you. So maybe they can't count on you in a different area of your life. Do you pay your bills? It drives me crazy to listen on the radio. I hear this commercial that says, don't you let those credit card companies make you think you've got to pay it all off. Now, people get in trouble, don't they? Sometimes you can't. But to advertise, you don't have to pay all your bills. You don't have to pay all your taxes. If you've got taxes over $10,000, we, we can get that for a fraction of what you owe. Gosh, it used to be a handshake was enough. Do you keep your word? And then the last one is, I'm just going to spend a second on let your no be no. Uh, because I ran out of time when I was writing it. But I thought about myself on this one. Uh, as a pastor of a large church, pretty busy, I got asked to do a lot of things. And I had a really hard time saying no. So I would say yes. And in saying yes, then my kids, they got used to me saying yes to everybody else and not yes to them. So I had to learn to put boundaries on my life. I've gotten better at it, but it's frustrating. You probably get it. Somebody asks you for an appointment or asks you, want to, asks, you, asks you to do something. You say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Oh, he doesn't love me. No, I just have some boundaries in my life where I can't do everything that maybe I'd like to do. It just doesn't work. So let your no be no. Now, let me conclude, and we're going to take communion in just a second.
And I, I hope this doesn't come across as me, you know, indicting. It's just I want Jesus in this text wants to elevate the importance of telling the truth. Don't hold your don't hold your finger behind your back crossed. But when so when you say something to someone, they know they mean it, and they can be trusted. Everybody. Everybody gets in situations at times where they can't fulfill a promise. But that should be the unusual thing rather than the usual thing. So this morning, Lord, uh, as we receive communion together, uh, first of all, we're sorry that sometimes we can't keep our word or that we, we maybe said something inadvertently. But we want to be trustworthy people, that we say what we mean and we mean what we say. And so if there's a need in our life for confession to you or confession to another person, if we've been dishonest in our life in any way, then we want to make that right and pray that you bring those things to our minds so that we can handle them. And at the same time, thank you, Lord, for your grace that uh, when we do fail, when we do fail, we can always come back. You said if we sin and then confess, you will cleanse us from that sin. So this morning, people all over the room, maybe not anything to do with what we talked about today even, but maybe some shortcomings in their life that they just want to bring before you today. And thank you in advance for the forgiveness and the grace that comes. In Jesus' name. Those who are going to serve us communion, if you'd come now, please.
the space forgiveness for my and say, I, you know, those Christians, I can trust them. I, I want a Christian for my neighbor. I want to I hire a Christian if I can because I know that they can be trusted. 